This is a program about going deeper. It's about creating a culture of learning. It's about putting apostolic feet to prophetic hope. It is our mission to purposefully equip the world to transform their region with God's love. We want to create an atmosphere of divine influence to the nations by walking in the power of His Holy Spirit with a faith that shapes the future. Welcome to Eagle Mountain Radio. Hey everybody, welcome to Eagle Mountain Radio. My name is Chris and I'm going to be your host today and we are shooting this in Bend, Oregon at our studio here at Eagle Mountain and I've got with me three really amazing people. We hey, got Chris. Bobby and Becky. Hobby, hey. how you guys doing? Good. Doing well, thanks. Hello, everyone. And we've got again Donovan Vaughn. Hi. <laughs> yeah, so we're super glad um, that you guys spent some time with us today, and um, and we have been talking in the pre-show about uh, today's topic, and I think it, it could not be more relevant, um, and that is there's a shift that's happening. There's a lot, a lot of that going on um, right now, but there's a shift that's happening with specifically with regards to um, business models and even more specifically with nonprofits. And I'm just going to set this up a little bit and then you guys all have a ton of experience in this area. So I'd love to hear your thoughts and we'll just really dig into this. But there has been this uh, kind of a standard business model for the last, I don't know, 50, 80 years in uh, the United States specifically because of the way our taxes work. There, There's this thing called a nonprofit organization, right? So nonprofit organization means that it is designed for the good of some purpose, right? So when you fill those paperwork out and you kind of head down that path, you're deciding right from the inception of that organization, we're here to do this. We're not here to make money, we're here to do this, whatever the this is. It could be education, could be whatever. So that's great. And the government has kind of carved out a tax um, exemption for those businesses so that people can give money to those businesses and they can thrive with that money and solve their X whatever they designate. Um, and then to make people more incentivized to actually support those businesses, which are doing social good, and the government wants that good to happen, to, so to kind of facilitate that and kind of create an opportunity that people want to not only help do the social good, but also be incentivized, they've allowed that those become donations and then they're not taxable. So you actually get a write-off for that. So it's this whole system that we have in the United States set up and other countries, you know, sometimes have similar things, but we've got this whole system. And what it's done is created a business model where we say, hey, let's all get together and do something good. And let's go ask for people to give us money. And it's created a cyclical situation where we're doing good, whatever it is, and we're asking for money to help us do the good. And if we don't get the money from the people, then we don't get to do the good. And we aren't necessarily giving them anything in return other than they're incentivized with that tax credit. And also, they typically are going to only give money to something that they also want to do. But we're seeing a big shift. I think it's been coming for probably 20, 30 years, and it's really starting to happen a lot. I have... Um, been on the board of a whole bunch of nonprofits over the last 15 years. And all of these nonprofits kind of have this business model where they say, we're doing this. And because of that, can you give us money to help us do this? And 
they, they are all changing rapidly. And if they don't actually go out of business, they're going to have to pivot radically. So today we're going to dig into that. And if you're listening to this and you feel like, oh, I don't run a nonprofit. This isn't for me. I'm about to turn it off. Don't do that. Because for sure, people you care about work for companies like this, or you support organizations like this, or you attend a church, and they're functioning like this. So this is very relevant to you to understand the severity of what's happening right now from a financial standpoint. And if you are one of these businesses, turn it up 10% and really listen, because a lot of stuff's happening. And if you're not aware of it, you really need to listen, because stuff is shifting radically. So now that I've kind of set that whole thing up and rambled on as guys that run organizations that are doing work, that are asking for donations that have been involved with them, set on boards, what are you seeing? Do you agree with this setup that I did that things are shifting and like, what are you guys seeing? Absolutely. I feel like there is a difference in terms and definitions for how for-profit and non-profits collaborate. And that's part of the shift, is do we understand that our business, if God's the CEO, if he's the owner of our business, if he's driving the vision for our business, um, then our business is on the front lines of ec economic development for the region that we're in. And so how do we partner with non-profits? Well, first of all, we've got to see our business as a kingdom platform. It's not just providing a good and a service. Right. Um, it's providing an opportunity to preach the gospel and release the presence of God and all the meanwhile cause people to succeed in whatever thing you're helping them to succeed at. So I think, first of all, um, the mind shift set that's uh, happening right now is between the for-profit and the non-profit in terms of how we partner. And then the uh, non-profit then comes in, if they're a church or a ministry, they come in and they say, okay, so how can I actually help your business succeed with the values, the presence of God? Do you have an intercessor on board? Are you worshiping through your building? Do you have kingdom perspective in terms of vision, mission, and values. Some of the things that the uh, nonprofits have in terms of mission, vision, values, um, they've learned that because they haven't been um, spending most of their time in the for-profit sector wondering how to raise money. Well, it's almost like a switching of the guard. Now we're finding out in the nonprofit that there are different business models beyond the donor model that we've all experienced for the last hundred years. But then while that's happening, there's this simultaneous shift in the for-profit model to them saying, wait a minute, you're not just here for your P&Ls and your bottom line. If you're not releasing the presence of God, your business fails to be kingdom. So how can we learn from each other? So there's this great exchange and collaboration going on right now. Uh, I think too, you know, as we're talking about this, there is not one nonprofit out there that doesn't have other businesses that they're in collaboration or partnership with uh, that they, they're they utilizing at this, you know, at any time. And so for us, you know, all of our production is uh, in a relationship and a partnership with another company, Darkroom Productions. And, uh, and you know what? They need to get paid just like our landlord needs to get paid. And the utility companies, they need to get paid, you know. And so 
there's not one nonprofit out there that's alone and able to handle, you know, and, and is just doing that work. So I think there's a perspective shift too. Oh, for sure. That can come. Um, but here's the challenge. You know, we, we are all desiring to continue the good work that we're going after. But especially when the economy is in a state of uh, flex and there's a bit of chaos and confusion that is causing people to, to take that step back. Other companies and individuals, they're now more focused on, oh dear, how am I going to put table on the, or, you know, food on the table? Or how am I going to, I'm responsible for a company of families that how am I going to make sure that they can put food on their tables? And a lot of times what happens in those situations is giving stops or it slows down and people stop spending money. And so now we find ourselves, you know, if you've got even a business out there, you're probably experiencing a certain percentage drop in what sales are. And so everyone's now in this place, you know, the last one that we had was in 2008 and there was a bit of a crash and there was like an, oh dear, what are we going to do? Uh, you know, in nonprofits. And it's funny because our, our media tells us the the most impacted people are restaurants, breweries, and wineries. And I challenge that. I think the biggest impact on our society right now is the drop in giving to nonprofits. And yet the expectation to continue on in your good work. They're needed now more than ever. They're needed now more than ever. Yeah. So what now we're finding is, you know, there's Bobby, like Bobby's saying, we're, you know, the donation model is, is crumbling and disappearing to some degree. You know, it's still on its way of disappearing. But then what does that end up doing to everyone who's running a nonprofit? So now our job role just increased 100% because not only do we run and do we um, manage the nonprofit, now we're managing at least one or more businesses to make that nonprofit sustainable. And so then you have to wonder, okay, God, is this the way? Is this really what it's supposed to look like? Because I'm already in a full-time job, and now I'm taking on two to three other full-time jobs to make this full-time job work. And what ends up happening is that nonprofit becomes the side job, and now you're busy working on these other businesses. Now, I... You know, I, I wonder, and I'm curious to find out from you guys, you know, we, we talk about this giving, and I think Americans, uh, most Americans are, and I think there is a statistic out there, but I could be wrong, uh, where America is one of the, the, the um, top five countries in giving. We're also one of the top five countries in innovation. So I know in this time, there is a solution out there that God has. And we as Americans, you know, and I think it's, it's worldwide. We globally can come up with a solution together. But what would that look like? What do you guys think about that? Donovan, you got I'm this one? I'm making you think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is, uh, it's, 
it's it's really interesting because um, I mean, just like you're talking about, it, there was a there's a um, a restaurant that is it's I think it's been in the top um, either one or two for the last I'm not sure five years in New York. And I forget they actually it's, it's they, in the world, right? Yeah, the top in the world. Yeah, and they actually their their address is actually the street. Now, unfortunately, I can't because I saw a program on it. And anyway, the the the, the owners over there, and this is a multi million dollar uh, you know restaurant. They have they've literally become a non profit now. And they the guy said when when everything kind of went down, he um he was like. He, it's going to take a few million to actually get things going again. But he said there are people in need and they need to do something right now. And um, he just boldly reached out. I think it was to American Express. Way to go, guys. And um, he just, he asked him for a quarter of a million. And he just said, I need it in three days. I, I need to, I, we need to do this thing right now. And they, they released the funds to him. And, and this guy, when they actually interviewed him, he said, if this is what I need to be doing now, if this is how my life is going to change, and this is what I'm doing, because he, there was there, like him and like some of the staff now who actually were going to come and help, they, how they were, how it actually changed them on the inside was incredible. And what they, like the benevolence and everything that they were doing, it, it was just, it was just amazing. And he was, he was, it, it was interesting to see, I mean, because they were obviously such a phenomenal restaurant, but now he was, he was excited. He was excited about what they were doing wow. for society. Well, that's amazing. Nessie, that's a bit of a flip. It is. Absolutely. That is quite the flip, actually. Yeah, I think I think what we're seeing is, um, <laughs> I, I think it's just like God to do this, by the way. But I think what we're seeing is kind of a, of a, of a, sh of a shaking and wake up, wake up. Um, because, uh, you know, I've, I've just, I've got a lot of experience working with these various companies and they get very stuck actually in every case, very stuck, headed down this path, this kind of worn path, this worn way. This is the way we do it. The way we've been doing it for the last 40 years. We've got these people and we've impacted their life and then they're going to donate their money and maybe they're going to leave it to us when they pass away and their will and this is just going to be awesome and we're going to keep moving forward and it's great. And I think that the second we get stuck in our way, that's when we start, that's when the downhill starts. And, um, and I think what's happening is a lot of things are changing. And I, I can tell you that I've watched as the donor base that grew up with the model that what you do is you give a percentage of what you make to help those in need. And you do that and you just make it part of your budget. That cultural, uh, dynamic is gone. And young people are like, no, I, I want to help something. And uh, I'm going to help the company that I think is, is doing something good, and, and then they're going to help me. And you have a completely new business model that enormous companies are now built on. Tom's Shoes, for example. That is a company that makes shoes, and when you buy those shoes, you're wearing them. You gave them money, you got shoes. But you feel great because someone else in need got shoes for free. Every pair of shoes, they get give another pair. So it's this whole shift in culture. And I think a lot of times, unfortunately, the nonprofits are the last of the game. They're the slowest. Um, and if you look at the, the regular for-profit business world, they're so aware of this. There's a new designation now. I don't know if you guys know this. There's a whole new designation called a B Corp. 
So a B Corp isn't actually a business filing like a C Corp or an S Corp or an LLC. Um, it's actually called a B Corp. So it's a little bit confusing, but it's actually a controlled, audited version of your business where you state our business model while for profit is designed from its beginning to be a social good. So there's big companies, brand name companies that are actually registered B Corp companies now like Athleta, which is owned by Gap. They're a B Corp. They're a for-profit entity. They're making as much money as they possibly can for their shareholders while also helping empower women through great sportswear for women or whatever it is they do, right? But they, they're purposely saying, we're going to go out and do this on purpose for social good. Meanwhile, a lot of Christian nonprofits are sitting back going, oh no, what are we going to do? So I think one thing that we should learn from this is we got to be more um, innovative. Becky, you talked about it. This is one of the most innovative peop- uh, places in the whole world. We need to be more innovative. How do we become more innovative with the resources that God has given us? We don't just, you know, give up. And sometimes we need to take our nets and cast them on the other side and, you know, be not that that's a massive innovation, but, but you get what I'm saying, right? And I think that one of the things that we've seen is we need to actually be bold and be innovated and we need to not be afraid of it. And I think a lot of times people will say stuff like, well, that's not the way that finances work in God's kingdom. And what they're speaking from with boldness and authority is the way that things have been happening for the last hundred years. What they don't realize is that God doesn't always do things the same way. And, and maybe that was the way that it was done in 1984, but now it's 2020. Things are totally different now. Um, Becky. So, wait. Now go. I was just going to say, look, the one thing when Chris was... I mean, we've talked about this and, and I work with guys in the industry, you know, because we obviously you, you want to make money, you know, but I think the thing, because I do, I mean, obviously we, we felt to partner over here with Eagle Mountain, you know, as a production, you know, company. And the thing I think that, that kind of irks me a little bit is how people, they just, I don't, they, they think it's all free. It's like, well, the camera... No, that camera's free, man. You mean I mean, it's the one not I'm looking free? at right now, that's free. I mean, you know, forget about the fact that it was $6,500 when it was new. It's free. You know, there's, there's, and the other one next to it, that one's also free. And that one over there and the one over there. It's just everything. There's no cost to it. And, and over here, we're sitting over here in this venue right now, and we're able to do this. And it's free, guys. It, you know, no, it's not. It's not. I it wish costs, that were it true. It costs money. <laughs> and, 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 the, and, and like right now, and this may be a bit controversial, you know, for some people they're saying, well, you know, I think, I think God is like, he's getting the people out the building. Well, okay, well, re- really? So if he wants to get us out of the buildings everywhere, then, and we have a message, because I know that we have a message. I mean, what's happening over here on the weekends and even during the week is just incredible. How do we, how do, what do we do then? Do we move into a garage? You know, do we take everything and, you know, and we're still going to have to pay for something over there or warehouse or whatever it is. But right now we're, we're sitting up, we're trying to, I mean, like, like for me, whether I'm doing something that's non-profit or for profit, I'm always trying to put that, that excellence in there. I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to do cutting edge. We're trying to do, I mean, Chris and I work together on some things as well. We're trying to do things that are really amazing and, and you need, you need money in order to do these things. And so I guess it's, 
for me, looking at, you know, from the outside in, sometimes as well, it infuriates me how, you know, these nonprofits and especially churches, I mean, it's kingdom. It's, it's like, you know, seek first the kingdom of God and all these righteousness and all these things will be given to you. And, and, and it's like, God, you, you're bigger than this. And if we, if we think that we're, we can't, if we have lack, I mean, the principle of the kingdom, you know, if we give, when we think we have nothing, God, I mean, it's all throughout Scripture, Old Testament, New Testament, New Testament how he just multiplies things. And, and we just have, we, I feel like as a church and as, as, an, as, a, as, a, as a people of, of God, we have an opportunity right now to step into something and to, and to stand up and to, and to actually go, you know, exceedingly abundantly above more than what we can possibly even think or imagine. I- I love that. I think too, you know, if, uh, so if we take that and we have that, uh, it's a mind shift, like Bobby said, you know, and if we could, um, you know, I think this is the invitation from God right now. It's partner with me in, uh, in the ways that you do everything. And it's always the invitation to him to come, you know, even, uh, it's like, come over here. Come over here and examine from this place and let's partner together on, uh, on what I'm doing. He's looking for partners and he's looking for uh, that type of relationship. Uh, and, and so, and not that he's not looking for other things too. All of that, yes. But in this time and in this season, how do we partner with God in giving and partner with God in finances and partner with God in how we run our, uh, our lives. Uh, and could it be different right now? And so what Donovan, like what you're hitting on, I think of it this way. What if, what if right now God is saying, uh, socialism and all that socialism has to it with entitlement those things are free. You know, the building's free, the camera's free, this is free. Why not do all this stuff? It should be free for me. Uh, You know, that that's actually not what God is saying. What God's saying is, this is what I'm doing in these places. I'm doing with that camera. I'm doing with this building. I'm doing in, you know, those rooms. I'm, I'm bringing a partnership that's taking place. And I'm inviting you into the partnership. And here's how that can look. What if we just start asking the Lord, God, how do I partner with you in all of these things that we're doing, that you want me to be about? How do I partner with you spiritually? How do I partner with you physically? How do I partner with you time-wise, my time, my energy, how do I partner with you financially? And we change and shift the way that we, instead of just, I'm just throwing money into a bucket. And, I, and you know, this is what I've heard too. I'm throwing money into, you know, a nonprofit. And I mean, like the, from American, uh, the, the Red Cross to, you know, Christian organizations, all the spectrum, I've heard this said, well, I just throw money into it, but I don't know how they're spending it. And, you know, I, I totally understand that. I totally can get that. But instead of do, thinking of it like that, I'm putting my money into something and I don't know how they're spending it. What if we said, I'm partnering with God and he's telling me to give in this way and in these multiple ways and how to give in these multiple ways. And I'm trusting that he's in control. And I release all of that 
to him. Because so my partnership side says, God, I trust that you know what is best for me and the ways that you want me to partner with you. And he's saying, I trust that in this partnership, we're going to do some great things together. Yeah, I think, um, I think it's so interesting, right? Like we get stuck in these, these ways of doing it and we think that's the way it has to be. And then when it starts to go awry, then we're like, oh no, uh, we need a miracle or, or whatever. We get desperate. It's, it's so interesting. And Becky, what you said, and it's just, I just really feel like, let's just take a step back for a second. Let's just look at the, the God's business model. Okay. So let's just look at God's business model. He says, I'm going to send my son and he's going to hook up with these 12 guys. And then they're going to, he's going to give them this assignment to go into all the world. Like that is a very inefficient business model. If you're God, like it just does it. It's a nonsensical. He speaks the world into existence with the word. Why does he choose this foolish, uh, inefficient, horrible business model? I'm going to send a guy in a period of time where there's no connectivity, there's no internet. It's it's just you got to walk every. It's just and I'm gonna I'm gonna connect him with these dysfunctional band of people that it, it's it's a, the least efficient way. Well, the there's a lot of power in looking at why he does that. One of the reasons is. He does through relationship and partnering. So you, he could speak everything into existence. He could speak all the resolution. He didn't. He chose to partner and he wants us to partner with him. So I think a lot of time when we talk about innovation, we talk about businesses. And if you're listening to this and you're wondering, or maybe you're a church and you're wondering, I don't actually know how we're going to survive. I think God is calling you to step into partnering. I think, and it's going to look different. For sure, it's going to look different, and there are going to be a lot of critics. There's going to be a lot of naysayers that are going to come and say, well, that's not how God does things, in that, and that's not the way finances work. And they're looking through the lens of the way the last, you know, 100 years have been, and God's saying, no, I am looking for partners. I'm looking for people that are going to step into this with me, and they're going to take risk. Bobby, you say this all the time. Faith is spelled R-I-S-K. It's it's something you have to step into. This is not comfortable, but I don't see anywhere in God's business model comfort. I see partnering and stepping out when everything is against you, when the timing is all horrible. Think about when Jesus came. I mean, we think it's bad now. We got nothing going on compared to how bad it was back then. The most inconvenient, difficult time, that was his business model. And I think that, you know, we need to, stop whining so much and actually step into some innovation and really think about this stuff. I think if we use giving as a sign of whether I like this thing or not, then we're actually manipulative in all of our right? generosity. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. It's, you know, and entitlement as you were speaking about right. or before is like legalized, uh, looting. 
Um, and so we're just saying, wait a minute, I can have everything for free and there's no bounds on who I am and I get to emotionally choose who I give to and the whole obeying God thing is out of it. So God's no longer in charge of my finances. I am. And gosh, if I don't emotionally connect with you, I'm going to withhold my giving and all of that sort of thing. And man, sometimes I actually wish that I could do that because emotionally in unhealthy emotionally moments, I want to punish sometimes and withholding sometimes is a way to punish. But that's so not kingdom. Especially now, the Lord's still saying, maybe your margins are different. Maybe your widows might, right? It's all relative to whatever your margins are. Uh, but you still give. And you still give generously. And you still keep that spiritual principle going in you so that God can trust you with finances at every level. So for a while, um, it was important for us as an organization to um, call the business, the frontline business men and women, and say to them, you're worth more than your paycheck that you drop in the bucket. You're on the front lines of economic development. You're down there, and that is the kingdom of God front lines. And so we're going to tell you you're worth more than just paying a check on Sunday. And somehow you're not a spiritual contributor to the environment. You're a, pay, you're a, you're a check to the church. So we repented of that. You know, we sort of changed the mindset on that. We're leading that, and the business guys are going, really? I have not known that, that I was more than that. Absolutely, you are. And then, likewise, while that's happening, what's awakening inside the business model is now that they're free to make the decision out of freedom and not just out of... Um, Obligation. Obligation and slavery. They actually now want to fund the end-time global harvest. Why? Because they have the freedom to do that. That's what freedom does. That's what the Holy Spirit does. It doesn't say, oh, well, the tithe was an Old Testament 10% thing, and now that's gone. So the slave says, does that mean I don't have to give? The son says, does that mean I can give more than 10%? I'm on it. And it's just the mindset shift that's happening. And so likewise, while the Frontline's business guy is going, I have to have it in my budget to fund the vision of the church, right? That's our friend Dave Hodgson mindset going all over the globe. I have to have it in my budget to fund the vision of my church. Then the church is saying, how can I help you on the front lines? And there's this symbiotic shift that we're seeing happen when fear is getting displaced and generosity is taking its place. Yeah, I think too, though, uh, let's watch out for the boomerangs, right? So, you know, you, you, we step out into a new idea. We, we start walking it out and then we get boomeranged back into the old rut. And one of the boomerangs that, um, that is, I think, prevalent right now is uh, if I can't control it, I won't partner with it. Right. Oh, man. So how do we stay out of control, surrendering that control to the Lord and submitting to his lordship and his kingdom ways, which aren't ours? Just like you said, Chris, uh, you know, that that kingdom, the kingdom way sometimes doesn't make sense to us. But does it have to? So here's a, here's a funny little thing that happens. Okay. So for nonprofits, this is, this is some, sometimes what happens. I can't say it's always, but sometimes this is what happens. They need money. So the mindset is, uh, I will perform 
and I'll perform in the way that I know will be best to where you'll give me the, the money that I need. And then the person who's giving says, I want to control what your, where my money is going. And so I will control giving and I will, I will use conversation and other people to persuade you to spend the money that I, I see as the best way to spend it. In other words, I like that performance. Keep doing that performance and I'll keep paying for that performance. Yeah. And you know what, what's at the root of all? Manipulation. So I, I'll manipulate you so you'll give me money and then I'll give you money, uh, but I'm going to manipulate you so I, I can control how it's spent. And both of the, you know, anything rooted in manipulation, you know, really isn't going to prosper over, over a long period of time. So what, what is one of the key things that we can all do right now? Repent. We can repent for the ways that we have used relationship in a transactional format to get what we want. We can all repent. So nonprofits and churches and ministries, we can repent and say, God, you're in control. And we repent for those ways that we have used manipulation. And, and then the businesses and people, you know, even me, I give, I give, Bobby and I both give. And in fact, the way that we give is, is this, we've always done this from, since we were first, um, believers, uh, we, we always ask God, God, how are we to give? What are we to give in this season and how are we to give? And there, you know, it's, it's normally for us, it's financially and it's, it's in time. It's our, our energy and time, giving of our time. And, uh, and so we, we've always set it up that way. And, you know, we were really, I was challenged. I don't know. Uh, Bobby's got great faith. Uh, in 2008, when the crash happened, I was really challenged in this. And I was like, man, Lord, what, what are we going to do here? You know, and my codependency, um, you know, uh, tendencies wanted to rise up and just rescue and save and save and save. And, and you know what, in, uh, I'll be honest, I, like, I'm not honest ever. Uh, I'm always honest. Uh, you know, I, that I didn't always do well with that. And I was, it was easy for me to go into rescue. Uh, but what we did is we asked God, God, here we are in a, in, in a crisis situation. How are we to give? And what, um, what does that look like for you, uh, for us to partner with you in? And, um, and it was painful. It was financially painful. And it was, uh, it was a lot of energy and giving of our time. But the financial, it was a seven-year financial painful time. And I didn't do it always right or well. And, you know, I would, I would, uh, I went into some, I, you know, I had to get, uh, repent of some codependency things where I would try to rescue people. Uh, but in that, and through that time, one thing that I learned is it didn't seem, we gave more. So we were getting, we had way less coming in. We, and we were, we had worked on, and in that seven years, we actually, we went through most of our investment savings that we had, um, in order to give the amount that we felt God wanted us to give. Uh, and so that's why it was painful because of, of that component of it. And in fact, I even, I, I had to get a job 
uh, you know, and, and actually make money to help with this. And so did Bobby. He had uh, jobs as well, just so that we could give the amount that God told us to give. And you look at that from a, a worldly perspective, people would have thought we were crazy and unhealthy and, and like out of it, like, you know, and yeah, we, we could have been a little unhealthy in that, but the bottom line is this, we felt we heard from God. We followed him. We did what we, we knew to do. And in seven years, it took seven years of that, that same giving that we were to give after that seven years, God blessed us in a way more profound way than we ever could have imagined. And, um, and we know it's because we're still in partnership with him. We didn't shrink back. So the other thing is fear. How do we get rid of fear in this time? So just one thing over there. Yeah. Um, you know, just listening to you talking, you know, and this, with this conversation, I don't know, kind of weird went to my head. Um, how they what we consider spiritual and if you look at and and also like the fear factor thing um because money it's like we hold money really close to the heart and uh it's like you know sometimes like if you look at church kingdom stuff you know people look at who's spiritual you know as far as like well i just prayed for that sick god bless god he got healed you know or man if i pray for anything it just happens but yet but yet if God says, I need you to sow this much or give this much, then all of a sudden that, 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 that giant turns into a pygmy, you know, because, because that's hard. And I, and I just think that right now, like with what we're dealing with right now, it's, it's, it's interesting if the Lord, if we feel like God is asking of us to, to give, you know, financially, it's money. It's, you know, stuff that we, we need to pay things and we, we want our little, you know, our latte every day or something like that. Man, it's, that's intense. And um, I know that for me, like at, at um, the beginning of this year, not knowing what on earth, you know, was going to happen, I just kind of felt like we, also as a family, we needed to just, we needed to make giving something more than what we normally do. You know, we just needed to, we need to really be faithful. And, and, and the whole thing I love about like what it talks about in Corinthians is that God loves a cheerful giver. I mean, the old Testament, man, those guys had to do it. It was law, but now God is like saying, Hey man, I'm wanting you to do something because you need to look beyond it. It's, it's not, and it's, and it's not just for now or tomorrow, man. It's like, it, it's right there in the future, you know? It's like what Kim Clement is saying, you know, I'm going to the future and I look like better than I look right now, you know? Yes. And it's, and, and I think that we, you know, it's, it's tough. It really is intense. And we don't, we don't always see the, the reward like straight away. You know, we're hoping that if we, because um, God is not the stock market, you know, like you give, you give a thousand bucks, you know, you think, oh, well, bless the Lord. I'm going to give them a thousand dollars of my good money, you know? And then, and let, let's see what God's going to do. And then next thing, nothing really happens. And while God doesn't answer prayer, he's not coming through. But we don't understand that unseen realm, you know, or we don't understand the mysteries of what's going on. And, and I think it right now, it's just like, that God is wanting to do something with us. He's wanting to do something in the church. And finances are a really serious way that God wants to do it. And he wants to, I think for me, the challenge is, how spiritual am I? <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, I think what you're talking about, um, and just kind of to, to wrap this up, is, is basically right now what we're seeing 
And this goes into uh, what you mentioned is, is also what Becky was talking about with manipulation. I'm going to give this thousand dollars. Let's see what God can do. That's really manipulation. Um, I'm guessing it's not the best to try and manipulate God. That's just me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if we just go all the way back and say, well, okay, so what is this really telling us from, from a business model standpoint? And I think really what we need to do is step back and we need to kind of look our uh, preconceived um, contextual ideas in the face and say, I'm not going to let you dictate how I step into the next with God. So I'm going to take all this stuff, the way that it's always worked, my preconceived ideas, the business model I think that has to be, and I'm going to put that aside because that's what God did when he sent his son. They had a really clear idea of how the Messiah was going to come, and it wasn't how it happened. Right, right. And so we need to do the same. We need to, to not be – it's so easy. It's so funny. We always do this. I, I mean, I, I do – I can't believe the Israelites did that fill in the blank, whatever, as you're reading the stories, right? Yeah. (laughs) We need to not do that. Right. And so right now is opportunity for us to take a step back and say, what is really happening with my business model? What is God saying with my partnership with the nonprofits or even the for-profit companies that I'm working with to your point, Becky, about the, the way that nonprofits need to be partnering with, with for-profit companies. And nonprofits need to be re-looking at their nonprofit company in new ways. This is uncomfortable. This is very, very uncomfortable. But usually, in my experience, the right thing is usually uncomfortable. The, the thing that needs to happen is usually difficult. It's usually uncomfortable. It's, it's rare that the, that the most right thing is the easiest. I don't know why that is. Part of that has to do, I think, with faith and stepping out in risk. But right now is opportunity for all of us. So if you're in that place where you're involved with a nonprofit organization or a for-profit or a company, I really would challenge you right now, for sure things have changed. And you need to step back out of looking at the worn patterns of the way things have always been and really ask God, hey, how do we need to Like, what are you doing here? How do we need to come alongside what you're doing, God? And if you're not involved with the company, you're like, oh, this this isn't for me. No, it's 100% for you also. How are you, how should you be partnering with those organizations? How should you be partnering with your local church? Maybe it's going to look different. Maybe you lost your job and partnering with the local church doesn't look like increasing your giving. Maybe it looks like increasing your time. Or maybe it does look right. in, like increasing your giving. Maybe it looks like coming in and giving expertise. And there's there's a lot of different ways that are not the traditional way. And I think right now, more than ever, we need to be paying attention to that. So I just I just really challenge that and to just appreciate the time that you guys have had pouring into this episode today. I think it's really timely. I think it's kind of frustrating sometimes to talk about this stuff because it hurts a little bit. Right. And sometimes you might listen to this and you wanted to shut it off four times, but you didn't. And you listen all the way to the end. Good job. And here we are. And it's like, <laughs> man, it's like pivot or or go out of business. Yeah. 
And it's sad that sometimes we got to get to that point and sometimes we end up not pivoting, but this is an opportunity for us to pay attention. So I would just challenge you to do that. If you're not subscribed to this podcast and you found it somehow, thank you for listening to this podcast. We appreciate all of our listeners. Definitely share with your friends and hit the subscribe button. You can also check it out on the YouTube channel. And we, uh, we've got lots more amazing guests and content and episodes. So you definitely want to subscribe so you don't miss that. And we will, um, we'll see you on the next one. Thanks. Thanks.